0: This video is sponsored by The Great Courses Plus. Hello, my dudes, my name is Tiffany. Welcome back to my series, Internet Analysis, where I like to research and discuss things relevant to social issues and media. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Today, let's talk about buy now, pay later. Imagine you're shopping online, you're putting things in your cart, but planning on just closing it and not buying anything until you see Afterpay. Buy what you want today, pay for it in four installments, interest-free. Suddenly, that $200 in your cart could be split into four, Bite-sized $50 payments, that sounds affordable. Afterpay, Klarna, Affirm, Quadpay, there are a lot of these installment plan type of companies popping up and they've become very popular, especially with online and in-store clothing shopping. And at first, these services seem really helpful. Let's say that you need an outfit for an event, but you don't get paid for a few days. Or maybe you want to start shopping more sustainably, but those pieces are very pricey, so it can be very convenient to break these costs up into smaller payments. Quick clarification, so it seems like Afterpay, Klarna, and Quadpay are pretty similar for interest-free payments, but Affirm is actually more of a small personal loan service, and it does have a 30% APR. So the one time that I have used Afterpay was when I spent about $140 on Girlfriend. I could have paid for it outright, but for some reason I wanted to try out Afterpay. It sounded tempting to pay $35 at a time. But every time the payments came out, I found myself getting like annoyed and I just wanted it to be over. It felt like it took so long to pay it off. So personally, I'm not interested in using it anymore. I do try to limit my clothing shopping anyway, but if there's anything I need to buy, I would rather just buy it outright or, not buy it at all. But lately I've been thinking about this concept, buy now, pay later. It's not new, it's been around for forever, but I feel like I've seen it advertised a lot more recently, especially to young people. I love afterpay because now I can get the things that I want when I want them. When I first heard of Afterpay, my first thought was, if you can't afford it today, but you'll get paid in a few weeks or whatever, why not just use a credit card? I think credit cards are good for that, I get paid in a few days kind of situation. I've actually had credit cards since I was 18, but I think I forget that most millennials or Gen Zers don't actually use credit cards or don't want to, but also I only recently paid off my $10,000 in credit card debt, so I do understand the fear of like overspending and up a balance that you can't pay off. I think that's the reason that a lot of young adults these days stray away from credit. We grew up during the recession and we're just scared of getting ourselves into debt. So sometimes it's just a matter of choice Like, preferring not to have a credit card, not to tempt yourself in that way, but also some people are unable to get a credit card, maybe they have a low credit score, and they can't get approved for one. So, in this situation, it is nice that they do have another option in paying for something over time without interest. So services like Afterpay do seem like a nice alternative, but I do think that they can also encourage those same behaviors and similar problems as credit cards. You get the satisfaction of having something immediately, weeks before you have to pay for it, and you don't see the money leave your checking account right away, so it doesn't really feel like you're spending money. Let's discuss the psychology of buy now, pay later, and why it is so appealing. I think a lot of us grew up watching those infomercials that were like, pay just four easy payments of 19.99, And I think it comes down to like, smaller number is better than bigger number. <laughs> I waste time say lot word when few word do trick. It's funny how our brains can like trick us into believing that it's different even though it's essentially the same thing. But also I think a big factor in this is instant gratification. With payment plans, you can afford to shop more or buy expensive things. As one Afterpay reviewer put it, goodbye money, hello, full closet. Consumerism in fashion and beauty is huge. We want to keep up with trends. We are enticed by these designer drops, especially when they have limited edition items. You have Kylie Cosmetics, you have Skims, you have Fenty everything. To keep up with these trends, we have to buy things immediately. Cause if we wait, they're just gonna become old news. And this is where companies like Afterpay come in. You're looking at your cart, and in that instant, the clothes and products that seemed out of reach suddenly feel affordable. Basically, these companies are tricking us into buying more expensive things. Instead of looking at that big sticker price, just pay attention to that small amount you'll pay every two weeks. Like, I wouldn't spend $100 on a pallet, but I will gladly spend $25 four times. As Afterpay says, We do what we can to keep our customers super stylish and up to date with the latest trends. Ironically, by the time you end up paying off your fast fashion haul, those clothes might already be out of style. Time to buy more. Specifically, payment plan services encourage overspending and overconsumption on fashion and beauty products. According to this Australian survey, over 60% of users reported that they primarily used Afterpay for clothing. 64% said that smaller, spaced out payments influenced them to make purchases they wouldn't have normally made had they been upfront single transactions. 65% said they typically had 1-2 to two Afterpay payments per month, while 29.3% admitted that they had as many as 3-5 to five on the go at once. But you know, as long as you have a clear planned out budget, it's very easy to keep track of these expenses. You know, your paycheck comes in on the 15th and the 30th, your afterpay payment is $60, easy. But let's be honest, most people and especially younger people do not closely track their spending. We roughly know when rent is due, when our paychecks come in, but it can be very easy to forget about these smaller upcoming payments. At the time of purchase, you can assume that, of course, you'll have 40 or so dollars in the next few weeks, but what if an emergency comes up and suddenly you don't have that money anymore? Or if you have multiple afterpay orders going at once, it can be very messy to have all of these different amounts coming out all the time, and suddenly those smaller amounts can snowball into a lot of money. I highly recommend, if you're gonna use services like this, to have some kind of a money journal where you plot out all your bills and your income, or maybe just put things on a calendar, or maybe a spreadsheet. I mean, we all love a good spreadsheet, maybe just me. Really though, one of the things I find most interesting about this is that we don't consider these installment plans to be a form of debt, because sure, it's not a credit card balance, but you do owe money, and you have products that you haven't fully paid off yet, so you don't really own them yet. And now we've gotta give a shout out to today's sponsor, The Great Courses Plus. So we're talking about money, and I think one of the most important parts of budgeting is figuring out what is important to you and what is worth spending money on? Does it spark joy? Does it make you a better person? Does it bring you knowledge? The Great Courses Plus is a subscription-based on-demand learning service with courses and lectures from experts and top professors from all over the world. Through your subscription, you get access to their huge library of over 11,000 video lectures about anything that interests you. History, travel, philosophy, and much more. So as you guys know, I am a senior in college right now, and yes, the workload does stress me out, but actually I really love lectures. Like if college were just lectures, I mean, So already, looking ahead to post-grad, I know that I'm going to miss that, and I just wanna make sure that I'm always learning something. For example, learning French. I have been in French classes off and on for like 10 years now. And as we know, it's hard to retain language unless you're actively listening to it and using it. So this course is very helpful to make sure my French skills stay on point. To go along with that, I can watch the Everyday Guide to Wine so I can finally know what I'm ordering. So, The Great Courses Plus is offering you guys a free trial, I highly recommend checking them out and finding courses that you're interested in. So please visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash Ferg or click the link in the description to start your free trial. So, when it comes to an installment plan or a credit card, Which is better? I think generally we are scared of credit cards because we think, okay, if I had an $800 limit, I would just go and max it out immediately. But I think we're underestimating our skills here, our ability to control ourselves. Can you believe I missed the opportunity to say we should give ourselves more credit? Genius. Mm, But if you know yourself to be a big shopper, I would say maybe be careful with credit cards. So installment plans can be a safer option for people who kind of want more control and don't trust themselves with a credit card because you have to be approved for your purchases every time. And each platform has a specific limit on what they will approve you for. So that does kind of prevent you from buying too much, but also you might be approved for more than you could actually afford. So you need to use your own judgment. I'm actually a big fan of credit cards. I know, again, despite my history with my debt, I've paid it off, I've learned. Um, I'm still in favor of them generally because here in the US at least, using credit cards responsibly is a pretty big part of what contributes to our credit score. So it can be kind of hard to build good credit without credit cards. It's possible, but difficult. And the thing about these services is that you can be making these on-time payments that could, in a credit card, contribute to good credit history, but you don't get that with something like Afterpay. But also you should know that if you miss payments, these services can report that to credit bureaus. So you can still get negative marks on your credit if you miss your payments. And also remember that they do have fees, there are only fees if you start missing your payments, but it can add up quickly, and you just don't want to use these payment plans if you are going to be likely to miss your payments or not be able to make them on time. Anyway, again, I'm a big fan in people at least learning about credit cards, be familiar with the factors that contribute to your credit score. If you learn about it, you can learn how to use credit cards responsibly and to your advantage, obviously. There are some benefits, you can earn points and you can get a nice credit score. My score is fantastic, I am bragging. I've worked hard to earn this. And obviously now that I've paid my credit card debt off, I pay my balances in full every month. It's a great feeling. (laughs) Credit and consumerism. So there are obvious benefits to having access to things like installment plans or credit. Many of us are financially insecure and we have tight budgets. So, the option to have smaller payments can be life saving, especially in emergency situations. And of course, installment plans are very helpful for big purchases like furniture or appliances. And then we have loans for cars and we have mortgages if you're lucky enough to be able to buy a home. But again, no matter what you're doing, you need to factor these things into your budget and you need to have a budget. You need to know what your income is and what you're spending. Again, I'm a big budget nerd now, but it is so important because there's no way that you can responsibly manage your money without having a clear vision of what is going on and where it's going. Living above our means. Americans in general tend to live above our means. We spend more money than we make, and that means that we rely on credit and putting ourselves in debt in order to maintain our lifestyles. And debt is so normalized, all kinds of debt, credit card debt, student loan debt, medical debt. And of course, there are a lot of systemic issues that contribute to certain types of debt, medical debt and student debt, especially. And of course, it makes sense that a lot of people would go into debt when they are struggling financially. So I don't blame people, but there certainly are certain types of debt and certain situations where it's not a problem of not making enough money, but just spending too much money. You could be rich and blow all your money. But anyway, in this last segment, I just wanted to talk about why, or some ways in which debt has become normalized in American society, because it's fascinating, and I've learned about it recently in my classes, so I wanted to share the knowledge. Hope it's interesting. So first, cars. This is something that fascinates me. The most common loan term currently is 72 months, with an 84 month loan not too far behind. 10 years ago, the most common new car loan term was 60 months. 60 months. 72 months is six years. So people are getting these long six year loan terms for their cars. Obviously a longer loan term can help to lower your monthly payment, which makes it seem affordable. But obviously in the long run, you're gonna end up paying more in interest. And by the time you pay your car off in six years, it's gonna be old, six years older than it was. By the way, no shade to old cars. I think it's smart to buy a used car in the first place. And my first car was like 16 years old by the time I paid it off. But let's say you're buying a car that's already four years old, you're using a six-year term. By the time you pay it off, it's 10 years old. Alexa, don't listen to me. Alexa, stop. Um, she's not mine. I'm just saying, worst case scenario, you might pay off your car, it's 10 years old or something, and then before you even pay it off, it might already have problems. I don't know. I live in New York City now, I know nothing about cars. And this is where I think we really need to reconsider what it means to be able to afford something. You know, you can choose to buy a newer, more expensive car and have a long loan term, or you can choose to buy a less expensive car, have a shorter loan term and pay more monthly, but be able to pay it off sooner. And what about smartphones, dude? iPhones and other expensive phones? We are so used to installment plans for these. Oh, you can get the brand new iPhone for $30 a month. Wow. Great. And then your phone company's like, hey, it's been 12 months. You wanna upgrade the new phones coming out. So then you upgrade and you trade it in and you get way less value for what you have paid for it. And then you have a brand new phone with a new installment plan and you owe $1,000 again. And you never actually own your phone. There are a lot of problems that come with us upgrading our phones every year. It's just unnecessary. But financially, it is a big, big drain, and it's part of our budget that we kind of forget about or we get used to. But if you think about it, it's pretty wild. So this last part is a little bit more historical. (laughs) But basically, we have been taught and encouraged to live beyond our means. This is a very brief summary, but basically in the 20s, we were living it up 100 years ago, baby. The last time things were good. No, that's not true. New technologies led to increased wages. Increased productivity meant more products for consumers. Lower income tax rates meant more income for American consumers to spend. Easily available credit allowed consumers to spend beyond their means. And higher tariffs on imports led to increased profits for American firms. Despite increased wages, most consumers spent beyond their means to fuel consumerism. Installment plans advertised a buy now, pay later approach buyers could put a small portion down and pay back loans over time at a very low interest rate. People were living up. They were spending, they were making risky investments. And then obviously we had the depression. And in that era, obviously people couldn't afford to be anything but very careful and spend you know, the least amount as possible. And then around the 50s, we had this post-war recovery period, where we were trying to fix our economy. People had discretionary spending for the first time, what are we gonna spend all this money on? Increased consumerism, baby! You buy all the new Mass-produced goodies. The commercials selling you products from automobiles to uh, hula hoops, all suggesting that you're entitled to it, that you should treat yourself, that it's yours for the asking, for the paying, for the down payment, all of it uh, to suggest uh, that this was a country of of great wealth, of, of material plenty, and that you can participate in it. Treat yourself! Buy your wife a new washing machine. Buy a new TV. You gotta have a TV you move to the suburbs, you get a mortgage, and then you need a car. And in this time, families spending money was considered to be a way to help the country. You're stimulating the economy, you're participating in the economy. Spending money is patriotic. And that's capitalism, baby. Really though, I think it's very interesting to think back to the 50s and everything that's happened since, especially in the US. But worldwide, this is a, a common thing, or it's becoming more common for people to get used to overspending. I know it tends to be a problem in Australia, it can be a problem in the UK, Um, I got a lot of messages on Instagram about college students using their overdraft accounts, and I didn't know that was a thing, but that's basically another form of credit or borrowing money while you're a student. I also got messages from viewers in Germany who were saying, like, Germans tend to be very anti-debt, they're very careful with their budgeting and spending, and I always just find it very interesting to compare the different cultures that we have, and whether you live in a society that values spending, or values being thrifty, and paying for things outright or paying for things through installment plans and always having the new best thing. Anyway, that is that. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Make sure you please check out The Great Courses Plus if you're interested in learning, checking out those lectures, baby. I'm actually not gonna say goodbye yet. Um, I just wanted to say that I have attachments on my teeth because I started Invisalign yesterday. And so my mouth is kind of raw, it's hard to talk, I'm not used to these feelings. Um, I might explain this on my vlog channel, but I did Smile Direct Club years ago, so that helped to straighten my teeth, but my bite got kind of messed up and that's been causing a lot of the um, headaches that I've been having. So I'm doing Invisalign to hopefully fix my bite and get that all back. So I gotta put my trays back in, I have the lisp again, and all these attachments and buttons uh, feel really weird. So I hope I didn't sound too weird in this video. That's all, again, thank you guys so much for the love on my last video, you guys are very sweet. Thank you for being understanding that I am busy in college and also, um, coronavirus is a thing. Maybe my school's gonna get closed, I don't know. Yes, my college is going to transition to online classes. This is all very strange, but make sure you guys practice social distancing. It is very, very important. I hope you guys are safe and healthy. Please be careful, wash your hands. Okay, that's all, I'm gonna have dinner now. You can follow me on Instagram for some mediocre pics. You can follow me on Twitter for political tweets and anger, frustration with the status quo. See, I can't talk right now. Stay tuned for more internet analysis videos. Okay, thanks, bye.